0: game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Let me hear you. Time for Dodger Talk. Are you ready for a brand new thing, Let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Basset is going to join us. LA's favorite site 866-987-2570. We
1: are rolling, boy, rolling.
0: It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito, seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navien Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmade simple.com. And by Chevrolet. By
2: New Roads.
0: And now your host for Dodger Talk,
2: David Vesse. The Dodgers' magic number to reclaim the NL West is now at 9 after they defeat the San Diego Padres by a final score of nine to four welcome the dodger talk david Vasse with you until 10 o'clock live from dodger stadium on this labor day weekend hope you're staying cool some ways somehow out there it was a hot night steamy night here at dodger stadium for sunday night baseball And Mookie Betts remained hot. And Trace Thompson also swinging a hot bat with a pinch hit home run, a three-run shot in the seventh inning to put this game away after the Padres scored three runs in the top half of the seventh inning. Coming up on the show tonight, we'll hear from Jose Moda at the bottom of the hour. We'll hear from David Price, who spoke to us before the game tonight. Also, David Cohn was our pregame guest. First time I have really talked to David Cohn since doing this I remember him from the 88 Mets as you know my favorite Dodger team was the 88 Dodgers they have the 69 Mets in New York and we have the 88 Dodgers in Los Angeles and David Cohn was at the center of uh the NLCS when he and Bob Clappish teamed up for a ghost column in the New York Daily News I believe and uh uh, David Cohn said Clappish uh, took some liberties with some of the things that he wrote in there that David would never put his name to, uh, but Tommy Lasorda took advantage of all that and fired up his team for game two of the NLCS where the Dodgers really took it to David Cohn and would eventually beat the Mighty Mets in seven games that year on their way to the World Series Championship, but David Cohn not only was part of some great teams with the Mets and Royals, but he also played in the pressure cooker of the Bronx. And he was the perfect guy to ask about expectations with a great team in October. So you'll hear David Cohn's answer to all that in the context of the Dodgers this season having the best record in baseball with all the talent they have. David Cohn answered the question whether or not it's fair to judge these Dodgers by what they do in October. So, can't wait to reshare that with you coming up in a little bit here on Dodger Talk. 866 987 2570 is the phone number. Uh, really, when you look at this game, it was uh, a little disjointed because of the starting pitching. Well, Caleb Ferguson, the opener, did a great job striking out the side in order. But then when the Dodgers brought in Ryan Pepio, he threw 74 pitches in just two innings and only threw 42 strikes. That has been the problem with Pepio from what we have seen in his handful of starts with the Dodgers this year. Keep in mind, he's a young guy. He still has some seasoning to go through, but he needs to find a way to get fastball command. If he doesn't get fastball command, it's going to be as ugly as it was tonight because he's going to be kind of living on the edges when you have nowhere to turn. If you don't have fastball command, you can't just throw your changeup because that's what the opposing hitters are going to be looking for. Uh, So he was backed into a corner when he didn't have his fastball command and throwing 74 pitches in two innings, that's not a way to live. So... After that, the Dodgers had to really dip deep into their bullpen. Alex Vesia, Chris Martin, Heath Hembry, Evan Phillips, Phil Bickford, and Craig Kimbrell. Evan Phillips, by the way, gave up only his second run that he inherited all season long. His pitches looked a little flat. He only needed to get one out in that inning, and uh, the Padres were able to score a couple of runs off of him, so he did not look like Evan Phillips. Um, it's been a long season. He's thrown 55 innings this year. The Dodgers have leaned on him to be the Daniel Hudson and Blake Trinan of the season in that bullpen. So I think he's allowed to have nights like this, but something to keep your eye on, and hopefully Evan Phillips can uh, can get back on track because he got the job done, but he did not look like Evan Phillips. His pitches looked a little flat. is the phone number. Before we go out to the phone calls, and we do have two lines open right now, I want to bring up the fact of Trace Thompson, where he was and where he is right now. Trace Thompson was in spring training with the San Diego Padres. Trace Thompson only got a six-game audition with the Padres in May before Their so-called genius GM, A.J. Preller, DFA Trace Thompson, and that's when the Tigers picked him up before trading him to the Dodgers. At that point in time in the season, the Padres were desperate for outfield offense, and you're only going to give Trace Thompson six games? Well, the Dodgers are going to say thank you very much because Trace has found a home again here in Los Angeles. He has been really amazing ever since the Dodgers have given him this opportunity, and he has never, he has never looked back since. Um, he felt really confident about where he was at even during the offseason when I talked to him because I, I gave him a call about a few different things, and he said, I'm far from done playing. I have a lot left, and I'm going to have a great season. And he was right. It wasn't with the Padres, it's with the Dodgers. And he's hitting close to 370 against righties. Tonight his home run uh, was against a lefty in the seventh inning. And that was only his second home run against lefties. And the Dodgers are looking for him to hit lefties. But here's the question. With him hitting righties as well as he is, if he starts hitting lefties, doesn't that make him an everyday player? (laughs) right? If a hitter can hit a lefty and a righty and do it well, why would you put him in the bucket of platoon player? To me, he's had a better last two or three months than Chris Taylor. He certainly has had a better two or three months than Cody Bellinger, and he's certainly a better all-around player than Joey Gallo. If he starts hitting lefties, isn't he an everyday player? Now, I will say this in defense of Bellinger and Chris Taylor. I am going to bet on those two guys in October because they have done it. Cody Bellinger had a miserable season last year. He delivered in October. Chris Taylor had an all star season last year and hit 357 in October. And we all know Chris has been a big part of the Dodgers in October since 2017. So I'm going to bet on those two guys in October. But there's got to be a significant role for Trace Thompson in October as well. 866-987-2570. And here was Trace Thompson after tonight's game and after he hit that big three-run home run to give the Dodgers breathing room again look who's here trace thompson with a big pinch hit home run a three-run shot to give the dodgers the insurance they needed in the seventh
3: inning against a left-hander trace i thought you don't hit lefties i know i can it's just it's been a it's been a grind man but just happy to come through today trace
2: you saw two pitches in that at bat first pitch was a fastball second one was a fastball were you expecting that
3: I THINK, YOU KNOW, when, WHEN WE'RE GOING OUR BEST AS HITTERS, WE'RE HUNTING FASTBALL. SO YOU, know, you ASK ANY OF THESE GUYS, AND THERE'S SOME HALL OF FAME-CALIBER PLAYERS IN THIS LOCKER ROOM, OBVIOUSLY. YOU ASK THEM WHEN THEY'RE GOING THEIR BEST, AND THEY'RE NOT MISSING THE FASTBALL. SO I TRY TO ALWAYS, YOU KNOW, REALLY DO THAT and, AND FOCUS ON THAT. I'VE JUST, YOU KNOW, FOR BETTER OR FOR WORSE, I'VE JUST KIND OF BEEN SEARCHING AGAINST LEFTIES SINCE I'VE BEEN HERE. SO HOPEFULLY I CAN SPRINGBOARD THIS, YOU KNOW, GOING FORWARD AND KEEP IT MOVING. Trace,
2: could you feel the momentum in that inning when you're coming up? Because Morrison had a tough time with the hitters ahead of you.
3: Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, JT was huge all game, uh, had amazing at bats, a bunch of hits. Uh, you know, Max, Max put a great swing on there. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's always going to happen with this team. You know, you until the last out, you can't count us out. So I feel like it's a pretty common theme for us. You know, it was just kind of another night. I know where
2: your season started, Trace. Started in that uniform. They didn't give you much of an opportunity when you faced the Padres. Is there a little something extra?
3: Well, it's not just them. There's been a lot of teams that have, you know, passed me up. So you know, it is what it is. They didn't think I was good enough, and they went with different guys. And it's okay. They're not the first team. Uh, hopefully, they're the last team. But um, you know, it always it always feels good to prove yourself, not just to them. But to the Dodgers as well. I want to prove them right for for you know sticking with me here, and and uh, I want to prove myself to the league, and I want to help this team win a championship. So, you know, it means a lot whether it's against the Padres or anybody. But it's always just uh, it always just feels good to help these guys win.
2: Well, it feels right. You being back in that Dodger uniform. Congratulations. All right, Dave. Thank you. Trace Thompson. What a great story. His perseverance certainly has paid off, and is a lesson to a lot of young athletes out there as he hits a three-run pinch hit home run, the second of his career. The last time he hit a pinch hit home run was right here at Dodger Stadium against the Mets back in 2016, and that was only the fourth pinch hit home run the Dodgers have hit this season, and after the Padres made it close, Justin Turner, Trace Thompson and company, Made sure to let the Padres know who their daddy was as they beat San Diego nine to four tonight. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go all the way out to Tennessee to start the night. David, listening on the iHeartRadio app, you're on Dodger Talk.
1: Hey, Mr. Vess, I hope you're doing all right tonight. You could call a, me David too. <laughs> uh, I, I just uh, I happen to wonder, you know, I've been thinking a lot the whole regular season. I'm a big fan of Julio. I love what he's been doing this whole year and uh, all the years prior. And I wonder, uh, with next year being uh, his final contract year, with Bueller being injured, uh, if Bueller's injury affects the way that the Dodgers plan on approaching uh, Julio's contract prior to 2023. And I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but uh, it's definitely food for thought at this point.
2: No doubt. I I think it would be... Very realistic to believe that the Dodgers may speak to Julio about a contract extension this offseason. Why not just lock him up now and not let him get to free agency? He's won 35 games the last two years, and we're not even done with this year yet. He helped them win the World Series. Without Julio, the Dodgers don't win the 2020 World Series. I hate to break that to everybody. It wasn't just Walker Bueller. It wasn't just Clayton Kershaw there's an argument to be made that Julio Urias was the co-MVP with Corey Seager, not only in the World Series, but in the entire bubble run by the Dodgers that year. Um, So I know his agent, Scott Boris, and he's not going to allow his clients to sign an extension below market value. And Julio is is the best left-hander in the National League, in my estimation, right now. So uh, I think uh, it would be smart with the way that he has pitched the last couple of years, and how much he means to this fan base to make him a Dodger for a long time.
1: That was great, Mr. Vese. I appreciate talking to you, and uh, I look forward to uh, hearing David Price's take after the game as as well as uh, the uh, other takes as well. How popular is Mookie Betts in in Tennessee, David?
2: What's that? How popular is Mookie Betts? in tennessee you know i'd like to
1: think he's uh, more popular than he is around here but this is uh this is definitely braves country where where i'm at so okay. hopefully that'll change after the next couple of world series and <laughs>
2: All right, I like the way you're thinking. Thanks a lot for the phone call. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. The Dodgers defeated the Padres 9-4 tonight. 866-987-2570. The Dodgers lowered their magic number to 9. The reason why it's 9, the Dodgers officially clinched the season series against the Padres tonight with the win, 9-4 win. They've won 10 out of 13 against San Diego. So with that, Elias Sports Bureau confirmed that the magic number not only goes down two, but an extra one because there is no tiebreaker in play now between the Dodgers and Padres as far as a a very, very long shot of a tie in the division. So the Dodgers just tonight, since it's a head-to-head matchup and they won the season series against San Diego, lower their magic number to nine, and the earliest the Dodgers can clinch The NL West is this upcoming Saturday in San Diego. So we'll see where it goes. It might be San Diego. It might be Arizona. But that's the reason why it went down by three tonight, because the Dodgers officially clinched a season series win over the second-place Padres. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Uh, Cody Bellinger, by the way, had a nice at-bat in that five-run fourth inning. And I know the talk has been a little bit louder about Cody Bellinger and what he hasn't done this year and his hitting mechanics. Tonight, Cody Bellinger got on base three times with walks, and that's something we haven't seen from Cody a lot this year. He's not walking as much as he was a couple of years ago. It's one thing to strike out, but Cody always had from 27 to 2019 a great strike zone awareness. So it's not just about... Where his bat is over his shoulder, that's part of it. But at this point, it's about confidence. It's about knowing your identity as a hitter. It's about knowing the strike zone. Um, And that is more than just where you put your bat. So I don't know why you would try to kick a guy when he's down, especially when he's on a team that has the best record in baseball. But I really don't see the point in pointing out the obvious. And he's hitting ninth. It's not like he's hitting fourth anymore, so he's a nine-hitter, and I think the frustration comes from the fact we all saw how good Cody Bellinger could be 2017 through 2019, and we even saw it you know, last year in the postseason to a certain extent. I understand that. I feel the same way. He's a great guy that won the MVP, um, but at this point, it's not just about his hitting mechanics. It's about his identity. It's about his confidence as a hitter. And pitchers have made the adjustments. They're coming hard inside on Cody Bellinger with fastballs, and he's not making the adjustments. So it's not just about the hitting mechanics at this point with Cody. He's got to find a way to remember that he was an MVP, a rookie of the year, a silver slugger. And like I said, there's no point in publicly kicking the guy when he's down. It's rock bottom right now for Cody. And the best thing the Dodgers can do is try to rally around him and hope that he can do what he did in October last year. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. By the way, uh, before we take a time out here on Dodger Talk, I mentioned this before the game. Uh, is nobody going to give Mookie Betts credit for the game he played last night? I feel like um, a lone wolf in the woods here and i tweeted this out before the game because i was so frustrated with the fact that it wasn't played up as much as it should have been the game mookie Betts played last night starting at second base making a great play on a basic lateral on the shift to trey turner to get a force out at second base to score three times to set a new career high with home runs his 33rd of the season That was the best game played by any player in baseball not named Shohei Ohtani this season. And I feel very confident in that. And like I said earlier today, if Mookie Betts was playing in New York or in Boston, they would never let us hear the end of the game that Mookie Betts played last night. But because it was a night game in Los Angeles, The New Yorkers didn't see it. The national media didn't see it. The Bostonians didn't see it. So it basically doesn't exist unless it happens in New York is what you're telling us. But that was the best game played by any player, like I said, not named Shohei Otani. And it deserves uh, the shine uh, because it was spectacular in a lot of different ways by one of the great superstars in the game. And I said this last night. Is Aaron Judge coming in to play shortstop or third base? Is Juan Soto coming in to play second base? Is Manny Machado going out to play center field? I give Manny credit. Last year they were putting him basically in right field on the shift. But how many superstars, A, are willing to do what Mookie Betts did, and B, wanting to challenge himself in a fun way to play second base for only the third time this year. I mean, at some point, you got to give the guy his due, right? 866-987-2570 is the phone number. If he would have done it tonight on Sunday Night Baseball, I'm sure they would have celebrated him the way that he deserved to be celebrated. But come on, give Mookie some love. Speaking of Mookie, one of his uh, best supporters is David Price, who was placed on the injured list officially with left wrist inflammation. David Price has been pitching through some stuff, and he gutted it out because he saw how many pitchers in that bullpen were falling like flies, and he saw the, the need for him to still be able to go out there and give the Dodgers innings. And I asked him before the game whether or not that factored into him continuing to pitch.
1: You know, our last road trip was rough for us last couple weeks in our bullpen has been rough and you know thankfully we got Blake back and um, the September help you know give us another roster spot to get another guy out there in the pen so that was good but um you know, it'll uh it'll get better you know it already has you know over the past you know four or five days so I'll uh, just continue to trend in the right direction and I'll be back out there
2: That's great news because I was a little concerned with the way Dave Roberts phrased it last night that they were shutting down, quote, shutting down David Price. When you say shutting down, that means shutting down for the season, basically, because there's only three weeks left. So it's good to hear him be very adamant over the fact that he has not thrown his last major league pitch and will come back this season because the likelihood of him pitching next year probably are very slim at this point in time of his career and he has done as much as he possibly can physically this year and he's also been a great teammate to a lot of young guys in that bullpen and also the position players he has been a really great teammate in the clubhouse and put him in a very long list of players that got um, that got wronged leaving boston they try to put kind of uh, like they do to a lot of people coming out of Boston. They kind of kick them on the way out. David Price is a good guy, and he didn't deserve the treatment he got on the way out in Boston. He helped them win the 2018 World Series, and they're basically just uh, done with him just because he got in a disagreement with Dennis Eckersley. So David Price has been nothing short of a great person to me and everybody else in that clubhouse and also the other beat writers. So don't get it twisted, David Price is a great guy. Ask Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, Nomar Garcia-Para, Roger Clemens, Jim Rice, how they feel when they left Boston. David Price is in that category of players that were wronged on the way out of Beantown. All that right, right, we'll take a break here on Dodger Talk. When we continue, hey, I'm just being honest, okay? They don't treat their athletes great. Mookie Betts might've been the only athlete to leave Boston in a clean way. They love Mookie out there, but that doesn't really, there really isn't hap- too many happy endings when you leave Beantown. Don't like Bean Town at all. My kids don't wear green either. Dodgers beat the Padres tonight, nine to four. Jose Moda will join us next on Dodger Talk right here on AM 570 LA Sports.
0: 70. Dodger Talk is available on AM570LASports.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger insider David Basset. Now the 1-0. Thompson with a shot to left. A pinch hit, three-run home run for Chris Thompson. Oh, did he crush it. 400 and something. The only question is, how much of something? What a shot. 424 feet to be precise.
2: No doubt. That was the 400 and something. A no doubter by Trace Thompson in the seventh inning. A three run home run. is second off a lefty pitcher this year. He's been trying to get on track against those southpaws. And tonight he certainly did in resounding fashion. As the Dodgers defeat the Padres 9-4. They also got a home run by Will Smith, part of a five-run fourth inning. And Will Smith now with 21 on the season, his career best in one year, 25 last season. Daniels Jewelers Home Run Forecast congratulates Priscilla Huang of San Marino. Priscilla receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for playing. For your chance to win a $50 gift card, go to am570lasports.com, keyword home run. By the way, the Dodgers' magic number down to nine. If the Dodgers played under 500 baseball between now and the end of the regular season, 14 and 15, they would match their win total from a year ago, 106 wins. How about that? All right, we'll get back to the phone calls in just a moment, but we want to check in right now with Dodger broadcaster Jose Moda. Jose, I saw you sweating it out here in the press box as well, but... It kind of turned into the launching pad at Dodger Stadium this weekend.
1: Oh, it sure did. It's good to see, uh, you know, the Dodgers coming into today with 174 home runs. Um, That's third in the National League, fourth in the big leagues. And considering how everything started, how the ball was not carrying and the humidors and all that kind of stuff, um, a team that battles through and puts together good at-bats, but the slugging we know is going to show up. It's shown up in a big, big way. And, Dave, you know what's more impressive, too, is that Even though there's a lot of guys with pull-side power, it's been pretty much an art to watch guys, especially a guy like Will Smith, just use use a big part of the field the other way still utilize that power. It's been great to watch.
2: Jose, we've been talking about this the last two games, and really you've been keeping track since the last road trip have pitchers have started to throw a lot more secondary pitches against this fastball-hungry Dodger lineup. <laughs> Trace Thompson told me after the game he thinks the Dodgers are at their best when they're hunting fastballs. Do you agree with that?
1: There you go. I uh, you and I had a conversation about this. I went back and looked at the last uh, the four games of Miami, the three games in New York and the percentage of fastballs are they're seeing. And uh there's no no there's no secret around baseball. The Dodgers opponents want them to spread the zone which they don't do often, but at their lowest points offensively it's because somebody has a very good secondary pitch, especially hard sliders which is, you know, obviously hard to hit. But overall, you look at today you talk about hunting fastballs. You know, Mike Clevenger is very proud of his fastball, 94, 95. He likes to challenge you. When he spins the baseball, usually, and misses, he's going to go right back to the fastball, and that's where you really have to feast and put a good swing together. Uh, look at uh, Adrian Morajón. What did he do with the Cuban? Proud of his fastball, 97. What happened to him? Well, uh, 12 pitches, and he got hammered for four runs. So, Trish Thompson's such a smart player. You talked to him, and he – really fundamentally just explains to you some of, some of the things, not only that he's doing, Davis, he's done to you, but that his teammates are doing. He watches the game. He pays attention. There's a lot that he goes through and, and picks out the ingredients to become better. Um, but also in your conversation with him, you know, talking about hunting fastballs, I love him saying to you that it's not only proving to the Padres or to the Bucklers, it's proving to the Dodgers, the team that's giving you the opportunity, that he is, he is ready for the challenge. And right now, He is one of your best at bats, one through nine, one through ten, whatever you want to call it. This guy uh, puts together good at bats and produces.
2: Yeah, well, that's my next question, Jose. If he starts hitting lefties like he's capable of, and he continues to do what he's done against righties, hitting close to three eighty against them, doesn't that make him an everyday player?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, he's a guy that uh, you have to think about not not playing if you consider not playing him, but um, the Dodgers are in such a unique situation right now where they want to see other guys get at bats, especially Joey Gallo, uh, Chris Taylor, perhaps they've, if the standings are different then the conversation tends to who's producing. And we don't have time to experiment right now. It's who's producing, who's the hottest bat, who's competing for at bats. And, um, one thing that I always talk to Rick Monday about and we in, during our broadcast is about the takes and how guys are taking pitches and what an indication that is. You watch Trace Thompson, the way he takes pitches, you can almost feel something coming on the way he traces something. And I know you asked about the first fastball that he saw, but there's some great things to be learned from a guy, the way he takes pitches and the way this team takes pitches. Look at Mookie Betts. I mean, look at uh, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, all those guys. There's a lot to be learned with that, with this team that – even though they have for power in that one inning, in that fourth inning, we saw a display of what they do and why opponents get worn down. In one inning, you saw the power. You saw the patience, especially Cody Bellinger. Let's give him a lot of credit. Okay, He did not get a base hit. He had the biggest walk in this ballgame. And the three walks, they, you know, not just three walks, it's the pitches that he was laying off of. When the scouting says go right above the line upstairs, he was laying off that pitch today, and I hope that, it's an indication that perhaps he's fighting for his at-bats and there's some good things coming.
2: Yeah, hopefully that happens. That was really encouraging, Jose. Three walks from Bellinger. And like I mentioned earlier, the one thing about Cody, he always had a good awareness of the strike zone and would take his walks. This year he has not been walking. He doesn't seem to be having the same strike zone awareness that he has shown in the past.
1: And, you know, one thing, too, is he's hitting in front of Mookie Betts. Think about what happens and why the guy on the mound is looking on the on-deck circle in certain situations. He needs to take advantage of that and use a patience but also be aggressive. You're going to see at least one or two pitches in that spot to hit. And I always go back to conversations I've even had with his father before when he was with the Angels, or you know, and I know it's been passed on to him. Try a little less sometimes because the natural ability is there. It's been shown before your former MVP, and I think you stated it very well, Dave. Guys like Cody Ballinger, guys like Chris Taylor do deserve the opportunity because they've done in October, and you know what? It is a different monster, and they deserve at least the opportunity to go out there and say get ready for October and the chance to play and produce.
2: Jose Moda is joining us after the Dodgers continue to approve upon baseball's best record with their 92nd win of the season, a 9-4 victory tonight on Sunday Night Baseball over the San Diego Padres, 9-4. Jose, this game was a little disjointed from the pitching side. The Dodgers had the plan of opener with Caleb Ferguson. He struck out the side in order, but then Ryan Pepio, 74 pitches in two innings. Uh, How is he going to be able to harness the fastball command?
1: Slowing everything down, um, if you see where he misses and the way the ball moves at the end when, when hitters see it and they know it's not going to be in the strike zone, they look at his body, and I learned this from uh, obviously talking to, you know, pitching coaches, uh, Dave Duncan and, and Buddy Black and Mike Butcher, uh, Connor McGinnis himself has explained to me part of the process with these young pitchers. And what happens is when the game speeds up, Dave, it happens when you make, you know, from Little League up to, uh, you know, American Legion or something. You think that you have to do, go faster and do everything finer, but really, if you slow the game down, it's going to be much better for you. Now, he is not the first one to go through this. You know, young pitchers sometimes with good arms and uh, change-ups get a little bit wild. But we know one thing. When he's in the zone, he doesn't get hit. And I think it's convincing yourself that it's okay to be in the zone because your stuff is good enough and there's enough separation. This guy's got an 80 changeup. That's the way it was great in the modern leagues. That's outstanding to have at this stage of your career. So clean things up, slow it down, because then everything in your body is going to be aligned right to the direction that you want. And he's going to be able to spot everything much better.
2: Hey, I can relate to that. Things spit up on me in Milwaukee. That's for sure, Jose. I need to slow the game down Um, right there.
1: I don't know what kind of breaks he could have used, David, but, uh, man, that wall came at you pretty fast. At least you played it (laughs) off right, man. You have a great sense of humor.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Jose. We'll see you tomorrow night. Dodgers-Giants. It'll be fun to beat up on them.
1: Yes, it will be. Have a good one, my friend. Continue to heal nicely.
2: Okay, Jose, thanks a lot for the phone call and checking in. As always, he's been doing a great job all season long. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers beat the Padres tonight 9-4. to We'll hear from David Cohn in just a moment, but first, back to the phones. Wes Covina, Tim, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Tim.
1: Hey, Dave. So I um, appreciate your show. It's uh, well done. I'd like to ask... Uh, Bill- Will there be any additions or subtractions to the post-game, the postseason roster that may surprise us?
2: Well, number one, the Dodgers will only be able to carry 13 pitchers in the postseason. Uh, number two, without you know the pitchers hitting, it doesn't call for pinch hitters, double switches, all that. Um, so I kind of feel like if there was one position player on the bubble, it would be Ansar Alberto, and I feel like Miguel Vargas has an opportunity here to possibly take that last position player spot. Kind of feel like if the Dodgers face a right-handed heavy pitching staff, Edwin Rios or James Outman could be in the mix for that as well. Okay, thanks Dave. Okay, thanks a lot for the phone call Tim. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Speaking of October, a lot of people believe, and I kind of tend to, uh, to agree on that end of things that this Dodger team, is going to be judged by what they do in October. Highest payroll in baseball, best record in baseball. They've had such a great regular season. But when you're having this type of sustained success and you have these type of superstar players and you've had this type of season, the expectations are sky high. And there are very few players that can relate to that. Relate to that individually. Relate to that by being on a team like this. One guy can. David Cohn. He was in town tonight for Sunday Night Baseball. By the way, a great guy. Uh, well-liked around all of Major League Baseball, and I can understand why. He was our pregame guest. He was part of the 88 Mighty Mets that lost to the Dodgers, were upset by the Dodgers in 88. He was part of world championship teams of, with the Yankees in the early 90s and early 2000s. He, is, he was one of the great pitchers of his generation. And I asked him, whether or not October is fair to judge this Dodger season. You're the perfect person to ask this question to because you played on great New York teams, Mets and Yankees, and you were always judged by whether or not you won the World Series. Will this team be judged by what they do in October and is that fair?
4: Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> Both. It, it just is what it is. Uh, they will be judged on what they do in October. I hope they do win a bunch of games. I love to see that sort of extra value of, wow, are they going to they're going to win 115 games in the regular season? How many are they going to land on? And then what happens in the postseason? It puts more pressure on you as a team. You certainly feel that. So it means more if you can close the deal. If you can actually finish with that many regular season wins and win the World Series, that puts you in the argument of, you know, greatest teams of of all time. Well,
2: the best comparison is your Yankees teams that are considered a dynasty, winning four world championships during that period of time, and the Atlanta Braves that won 15 consecutive division championships, but only won one
4: World Series. They're not considered a dynasty. That's true. You know, every time I see John Smoltz or Tom Glavin, good friends of mine, uh, Greg Maddox, I had him on my podcast, and I said, you know what, if if you had mariano rivera you'd be the one with four or five rings so yeah. so we joke all the time they're in the hall of fame they deserve it they had one hell of a run but they were probably a closer short of, of maybe a dynasty themselves
2: when you look at the dodgers do you feel like they need to win a championship to solidify their place in history
4: yes you just do it, it, it is that fair no yeah, there's, there's a lot of games, a lot of great baseball that's been played out here. Dave Roberts has done a great job as a manager. But at the end of the day, he's going to be judged, and they will be judged as a team as to whether or not they they took advantage of all these resources, took advantage of all this depth, all these great teams they've had over the years. Did they close it out? Did they finish it? And this is the year where it kind of needs to happen, especially when you go back to spring training, and Dave Roberts said, hey, you know, this is our year. We're going to win. It. We're going to win it this year, and I admire that.
2: That was David Cohn on our pregame show. He does a great job on Sunday Night Baseball. And to hear the full conversation, you can download it on the iHeartRadio app. And I am going to find his podcast because I love David Cohn. He is a really smart baseball person. And, look, he's speaking from firsthand experience. Whether or not it's fair or not, that's the way it is. You are going to be judged by whether or not you win the World Series championship if you're a Dodger player this year. And their manager guaranteed it before the season. And look, it's not like he went out on a limb. Uh, He's got great players, and the expectations are to win the World Series championship. So Dave Roberts basically is embracing that challenge. By the way, David Cohn, not only a World Series champion, but one of a handful of pitchers that ever threw a perfect game. He threw a perfect game at Yankee Stadium on July 18th, 1999. A great pitcher. He was a great pitcher with the Royals, with the Mets, and with the Yankees and Blue Jays. He was awesome. Look him up if you're too young. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. By the way, the major league record for the most wins in a regular season is 116 by the 2001 Seattle Mariners. Uh, if the Dodgers wanted to try to break that record, they would have to go 25-4 and four the rest of the way to win 117 games. But the Mariners lost to those Yankees in one in the first round and or in the a- ALCS. And uh, you know what? Nobody even talks about those Mariners until you know some trivia fact comes up or some team like the Dodgers in 2017 or this year is rattling off wins the way they are but in the history of baseball they're an asterisk nobody really cares about the Mariners they care about the Arizona Diamondbacks beating the Yankees in 2001. So the Dodgers in 2017 I thought had a better shot of breaking the record And they did not prioritize that. And they're not going to prioritize it this year either. Uh, The Dodgers need to sort out some pitching and see who's going to be where when October begins. And also, they want to load and manage a lot of their players. Justin Turner's 37. He has a 14-game hitting streak. You saw Evan Phillips tonight. His pitches looked a little flat. Trey Turner finally got his first day off. He had started every single Dodger game before Friday night. Freddie Freeman's the only Dodger to start every single Dodger game, and I guess he has an agreement with Dave Roberts that when they clinch the NL West, the day after he'll get a day off. So, uh, they got a lot of guys that uh, have played a lot of innings, have pitched a lot of innings, and they are got they are they have the mindset of making sure these players and their pitchers are ready to go for October. And a big step towards that was Blake Trinan pitching in the game last night and pitching a clean seventh inning. Uh, Blake Trinan's a big part of this puzzle for the Dodgers in October. If Blake Trinan can be Blake Trinan that we saw last night, he might be the freshest arm in that bullpen and maybe the most devastating weapon the Dodgers could have. Compound that with not pitching all season and being as fresh as he is, that's a dangerous bullpen weapon for the Dodgers. By the way, Craig Kimbrel pitched pretty good tonight in the ninth inning. I thought he looked really good, and I thought it was pretty funny that the fans at Dodger Stadium were singing along with Let It Go, the Frozen theme song that he has ran with ever since his wife picked that out for him on Women's Day here at Dodger Stadium. So uh, very cool. I think that's ri- one of the best walkout songs. I know they got Timmy Trumpet out there in New York. That's awesome. But this is great in a unique way. Um, that's not something you you expect to hear from the all-time active saves leader, Let It Go Frozen. You kind of feel like what he had before, Guns N' Roses. You think of Trevor Hoffman with Hell's Bells. Uh, California Love with Kenley Jansen, obviously. Uh, when you hear "Frozen" come on, you're like, "What? This is not very intimidating." But it, I guess, sums up in uh, in a weird way how he feels and what he needs to do. And he does have a young daughter, and he just had another baby. His wife had another baby, so he's a dad. He knows all about uh, "Frozen." Trust me, I heard that song way too many times, and still do in my house. All right, that'll do it for us on Dodger Talk tonight. Tomorrow. The Dodgers start a three-game series to wrap up this homestand against the San Francisco Giants. Logan Webb is on the mound for the Giants. He's 11 and 8 this year with an ERA of 2.89. He's going up against left-hander Andrew Haney, who is 2 and 1 with an ERA of 2.12. Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck begins at 6 o'clock with first pitch at 7:10. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Dwayne McDonald out here at Dodger Stadium. And thanks to you for listening. In case you missed any of the show, you could podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Like I mentioned, Julio Urias on Friday. Tonight, David Cohn. A lot of good Dodger baseball content available for you to subscribe and download on the iHeartRadio app. By the way, if you want to follow me on social media, Twitter at the real underscore DV, Instagram at OfficiallyVasse. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Dwayne McDonald out here at Dodger Stadium. And thanks to you for listening in case you missed the game. Four hours plus, but the Dodgers got the win 9-4 to four over the Padres and lower their magic number to reclaim the NLS to 9. Have a great rest of your Labor Day weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. We love it.